your exclusive home for prop sports. Oh, it's good! It's good! This is Rowan Radio. Connors with the game winner! 89.7 WGLS-FM, Glassboro. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. And now, here's your Monday host, Larry Dealman. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. You're listening to another Monday edition of Offsides here on Rowan Radio Channel 2. I'm Larry Dealman, your Monday host of Offsides for this semester, and I am joined here in the WGLS studios with Ali Pontano. It's going to be another good show, obviously. All right, so even though there's only two of us here, we have a great show for you today. Uh, we're going to do pretty much the same format in terms of uh, the leagues that we'll talk about as usual. We'll start off with the NFL, our week three reactions. And then the NBA, it's more news right now, obviously, since we still have a few more weeks until the NBA gets underway. And then if time permits, we will briefly dive into the Phillies uh, and their road to clinching a wild card berth. And then we'll get to our top five as usual. I won't say what it is just yet, but fear not, we will get there in due time. Okay, so we will start off with our week three reactions. Somehow it's already week three. Next Sunday will be October 2nd, which that's hard to believe, but guess what? It's happening. So week three, we had a lot of good games, and we'll start with our hometown team. The Philadelphia Eagles are off to a hot 3-0 start. The Eagles won in Washington yesterday, 24-8. Basically, it wasn't even a contest. Um, I don't think Washington even scored until the final, uh, final quarter off of a safety because the Eagles were back into their own end zone. And just a quick garbage time touchdown. It wasn't even a contest. Uh, Allie, I'll go to you. Uh, what did you see from the Eagles yesterday? And do you think, I know some people are a little hesitant to put the elite label on the Eagles because, you know, well, they've faced the Lions and the Vikings and the the, fo- well, the football team, the, uh, the Commanders, and they have the Jaguars next week. Are you ready to put the Eagles in that upper echelon conversation just yet? Not exactly. I would say the defense possibly because they are pretty elite. I mean, come on, Darius Slay having, what, a four-interception game against Minnesota? Uh, I think he had two. Two? He should have had, like, like six. Right, so it seemed like four. So he's your lockdown corner, and that defense is just off to a really hot start. The offense, on the other hand, I'm not entirely too sure because – the Eagles are still giving me a vibe that they don't exactly trust Jalen yet, even though he's connecting very well to A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. But, like, for some reason, just nagging in the back of my head is the Saints trade. They did yep. that for a reason. And it's just, it just keeps constantly reminding me that they don't entirely trust Jalen Hurts. Yeah, some interesting no interesting points there. That defense, 
they sacked Carson Wentz nine times yesterday, which was hilarious to watch as an Eagles fan. And what's interesting, too, so the Eagles are one of three teams in the NFL still with an undefeated record. Um, one of them actually is to be determined considering they play tonight. So the Dolphins are 3-0, and the Eagles are 3-0, and and the Giants, uh, who play tonight against the Cowboys, are still 2-0. and uh, We'll get to that matchup in just a little bit. That's, that gets its own separate category. So I believe right now, because of that Saints trade, the Eagles, I guess if the draft was today, I think it's either the 6th or the 7th overall pick. So the Eagles are undefeated and have a top 10 pick, which is great, honestly. I, I love it. The Eagles, uh, Howie Roseman loves to rob teams of draft picks and salary cap, and it's it's amazing to watch, uh, even though he did not select Justin Jefferson, but that's another story. Uh, so what Allie was saying, so Jalen Hurts had 340 passing yards, three touchdowns, no picks yesterday. Carson Wentz, uh, 211 yards, no touchdowns. He lost one of two fumbles that he had. Uh, it was not a good day for the Washington offense for you know most of the game until garbage time. There really wasn't much left at that point. So the Eagles look good. The defense looks pretty strong. The offense, I, I'm very surprised though. Jalen Hurts is letting it rip. He's he's tossing it down the field, you know. And I think the problem when Carson Wentz was still on the Eagles. He took deep shots, but they just were not accurate. Like, it would go way over receivers' heads. And, you know, I, I can't remember too many big plays from the Eagles during the Wentz era. Like, oh, downfield is Alshon Jeffrey, and he caught the pass. Or, oh, this player, and insert whoever here. Jalen Hurts is just letting it rip. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, everybody's everywhere. So I'm really excited to see what the Eagles can do under this new regime, I guess you could say at this point. Right. I feel like part of the reason is of is where they went to college. Carson Wentz went to North Dakota State. Mm. Like yeah. you're division one, but like you're like J V division one. Uh two um not two, my bad. Uh Jalen, Alabama, Oklahoma. Yeah. Like yeah. those are big time schools. Like you're being coached under Nick Saban and then you're going into the Pac twelve. It's just yeah, the quarterbacks there are just very impressive. Alabama rarely turns out a bad quarterback. Mm. And part of that reason is where they went to school and they're coaching. And also I feel like Jalen is playing with a huge chip on his shoulder yep. this season. Yep. And he needs to prove himself. So that's what he's doing. He's saying, hey, I'm certifying myself as the quarterback of the Eagles and as a captain and we're going to be legitimate playoff contenders. Yeah, Jalen Hurts. Pretty much anybody who's anybody this past offseason, and by this offseason I mean like a month ago, pretty much you know the expectations for the Eagles was, okay, the Eagles can be good if Jalen Hurts is good. He's their X factor, and Jalen, uh, I guess, took that personally in the words of Michael Jordan. Uh, from the last dance, and Jalen Hurts is proving the doubters wrong. What's interesting to me, through the first two games the Eagles had, Jalen Hurts had like one touchdown pass, which was interesting. It was like one, I think one or two, I think it was one. Uh, he's not really turning the ball over, actually. Let me look at that. I remember against the Vikings, uh, Jalen Hurts, 
threw a pick, which really wasn't his fault. It kind of went through his receiver's hands. Jalen Hurts, four touchdowns, one pick on the season. He has a 106.5 passer rating, which is pretty good. Um, so hopefully the Eagles can get it together. They Next week on Sunday the 2nd at 1 p.m., they host the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are atop of the AFC South, something I did not expect to live through. Um because, I mean, I mean, the Jaguars were good when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, but still. Yeah, I was about to say, they almost went to the Super Bowl. Could we, could we imagine Eagles-Jaguars? That that would have been something. Uh, Doug Peterson coming back to town. He seems excited. Uh, so we'll see how that works next week. So some other games that we found interesting that uh, throughout week three, just looking at the box scores right now, um, Aaron and Danny... I believe talked about the Steelers Browns game last week. Uh, the Browns are two and one after uh, beating the Steelers at home. This one got interesting. Bills at Dolphins. So the Bills are now two and one. The Dolphins are three and zero. Oh. Tua Tungavailoa of the Dolphins uh, came back into the game after a looks like a concussion because he was getting up and stumbling, which is not a good sign. But really the highlight of the game, which really wasn't on the field, it was off the field, Bill's offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey, so he was up in the booth calling the plays, and I think it was at the end of the game, things got, things got hectic and, you know, the Dolphins won. Ken Dorsey, go on Twitter or YouTube and watch the video. He starts smashing the tablet he had and his notebooks, and he, th- he tossed his headset off, and he was furious. And I was like, dude, you are the Super Bowl favorite. You lose one game. It's on the road. Like, it, it's week three, buddy. You're you're not even, uh, come on, you're, you're not even like a sixth, like, done the season. Actually, was that 317? Close enough. I can't do I I used to be able to do math very well. <laughs> but, like, Allie, you think it's overreaction, though? I mean, it's week three. I mean, honestly, he looked like a kid rage quitting at Madden. It, w- it was kind of entertaining to watch, but yeah, to yeah, he was overreacting. I like how the rivalry between the Bills and Dolphins are heating up once again, but like you shouldn't go that crazy in the booth. It was one bad call from what yeah. seemed to be a great game, but like, come on, man. You shouldn't be rage quitting or just raging like that overall. Interestingly, though, I was reading an article and NFL might throw out a new rule of oh, yeah. if you damage the tablets, you're going to get fined. Yeah, I did see that. That was kind of Brady's thing. Yeah. So we'll see how that works out. Uh, maybe Ken Dorsey wanted this win really bad because their cu- upcoming schedule is a little bit yikes. Uh, they their next four games at Ravens versus Steelers at Chiefs versus Packers. Ooh, that's that's tough. So maybe they wanted this win before maybe taking an L here and there, but we'll see uh, what happens with that. The uh, Dolphins continue their hot start under new head coach Mike McDaniel. Let's see some other games across the league. What are the Raiders doing? So the Raiders lost to the Titans in Tennessee yesterday, twenty four to 22 and i'm gonna pull up the standings just to get the schedule here we go so the raiders lost at the chargers 
at home in overtime against the Cardinals. They choked royally and then blew it against the Titans, who are frauds right now. The Titans are frauds. Um, so the Raiders, they they really had like a, a nice little target on their back. You have Derek Carr, who's you know a real a decent, really decent quarterback. I don't know if about elite, but he's a really uh, good quarterback. And then you have Devonte Adams, who's like you know the best receiver in the league. Allie knows all about that, considering she's a uh, she's a Packers fan. Uh, Allie, is this Raiders offense or defense more to blame? Is Josh McDaniels, yes, Mike McDaniel, Josh McDaniels, uh, is Josh McDaniels just not? a head coach because he failed with the Broncos miserably years ago. What what is going on in Las Vegas? I really don't know. I I all I'm going to say is Vegas, stop what you're doing. Stop gambling. Focus on your Raiders. Like come on now. Um I don't know. I feel like Derek Carr's like kind of getting too much into his head because he got his old college buddy back. Mm. But Okay, prove it. Connect to him. Do something. Because Devontae knows how to get out of man coverage when he's covered by yeah. three. Yep. I I really don't know. I, I, think, I think McDaniel is not a great coach at all. If he tanked the Broncos with Brock Osweiler and then he's going to tank the Raiders here, might be time for him to step back into the office and be like a coordinator or even something obviously um josh mcdaniel's well known for being the offensive coordinator with uh, tom brady in new england he failed miserably as a head coach in denver as we've just said and actually i think it was a few years ago josh mcdaniel's signed to be signed up to be the colts head coach got cold feet and then Frank Reich of the Eagles stepped in once the Eagles won the Super Bowl. So that was that was a lot of movement going on. So going back to the Raiders, uh, they gave the Titans their first win of the season. Devontae Adams has 17 catches, 189 yards, and three touchdowns through three games. Uh, stat line you usually see in about one or two games from him. So uh, something to keep an eye on. Let's see other games that we found interesting. Let's see, let's see, let's see. So somehow the Detroit Lions have the second best offense right now. And when I say second best offense, I mean uh, in terms of points scored. Uh, only behind the Ravens, I believe. The Lions lost uh, slightly to the Vikings 28-24 in Minnesota yesterday. I was actually, I was kind of like, come on, boys, get it together. We want to see... The hard knocks pay off. As long as he didn't, as long as the Lions didn't beat the Eagles, I was okay. Anybody else, go crazy. Uh, so Detroit almost came back and won that, but uh, the Vikings wanted to get some uh, revenge after absolutely losing it against the Eagles on Monday Night Football. Uh, we talked about the Eagles. Oh, this one was interesting. So the Chiefs lost to the Colts. Uh, yeah. So just to put it into perspective, the Colts, ready for this? They, week one, tied the Texans and then got shut out by the Jaguars, but they beat the Chiefs. Yeah, because... How the, does that work? Any given Sunday. Any given Sunday. How, like, math? How does that work? I don't know. Because I did see uh, Mahomes and Biennemi got into a little 
uh, heated argument on the sideline yesterday. Apparently, Mahomes didn't agree with his call. LaShawn McCoy, who's now retired, said that uh, on Twitter he was like, oh, Biennemi doesn't know how to run a playbook, and you know he only argues with players, and he's not a head coach material, blah, blah, blah. So the Chiefs are having internal struggles. Well, I think the reason, like, everybody's thinking, like, Biennemi should be a head coach. Oh, my goodness, have you seen Patrick Mahomes' development? But, I mean, if he can't relate to the players and maybe he's not as good as we think he is, yeah, maybe, maybe he's just not cut out to be a head coach, at least at least not yet, even, right. even though Mahomes is on a first ballot Hall of Fame trajectory right now. I'm not saying he is right now, but he's on that trajectory. Um, so the Colts got their first win. Matt Ryan, uh, let's see my notes here. Matt Ryan had 222 passing yards, two TDs, no picks. Jonathan Taylor had 71 rushing yards. The Colts got it together at the uh, the very end of the game. The Chiefs suffered their first loss of the year. Uh, let's see, let's see, Jonathan let's see. Taylor to 71 yards, though? Yeah, Jonathan Taylor... 21 carries, 71 yards, which is an average of 3.4 per carry. I'm just looking at the schedule. So the Colts, next two, actually, wow. Oh, my gosh, they have a really nice schedule coming up. The Colts, they want to build some momentum versus the Titans at Broncos versus the Jaguars at Titans versus Washington. Like, that's that's nice. That is a good schedule. Like, Especially coming off a win and you want to continue to build your team, that's the exact schedule that you want. And then after that stretch, you might come out over 500. And then the Chiefs, let's see, the Chiefs, ooh, yikes, At uh, next week in prime time at the Buccaneers versus the Raiders versus the Bills and at the 49ers. Yikes. Yeah. Especially the the next game. Both teams are coming off losses. Yeah, the Chiefs might have uh, needed that win a little bit. So we'll see what happens, you know, any given Sunday, as we always like to say here on Offsides. So the Colts got their first win of the season and the first with Matt Ryan as quarterback. Uh, Let's see. Anybody else of note? We'll skip the Jaguars. Uh, Allie, anything? Your, your quick commentary before we head to break on the Packers. No Mike Evans for the Buccaneers because he had a suspension uh, after he got into a little um, little disagreement with Marshawn Lattimore last week. Uh, do you think Mike Evans would have made that much of a difference? Because they couldn't get anything going until the very end of the game. So your thoughts on all that. Hey, what, what did Vince Lombardi always say? Defense wins championships. And I really like this defense we didn't have Jair Alexander, but we really held up, especially at the fourth and goal when they're trying to go for a two-point. We knew exactly yep. where Brady was going with that. I mean, Mike Evans could have possibly opened up the field some more, but like Eric Stokes and that whole secondary just held up. So I really don't know. Yeah, some good, uh, some good points and... I was watching. I only watched like maybe the fourth quarter, only because I was I was actually here at the radio station doing my uh, throwback collection with Larry Dealman, so uh, that was all good. But I did see the big stop at the end of the game. Uh, the Packers really they they made a stand. I mean, they got they destroyed week one against the Vikings, and you come out and beat Tom Brady. So 
Let me I, tell you, when I say I was running around my house yeah. crying because we beat Tom Brady. With tears of joy or tears of sadness? Like, tears of joy because this is the second time I've ever seen it. And this man knocked us out of Super Bowl twice. I was so happy. I saw the memes. I saw the memes of this game too. Um what was it the the loser of that game had to call Go their family. family? I was like, yeah. if if you don't know what that reference is, j- just Google it. Yeah. Honestly, I won't go into it uh, as we got to go to break. But certainly an interesting game against the Packers and the Buccaneers. All right, so we'll keep going with our NFL segment, uh, some other thoughts, and then we'll get to our NBA segment and more. But first, let's look at the WGLS campus calendar. Rowan University's Department of Public Safety would like to remind everyone in the Rowan community about the importance of pedestrian safety, especially while crossing Route 322. Motors who fail to stop for pedestrians face serious fines. Please follow state law and stop for pedestrians. For questions about public safety, call 856-256-4922. This campus calendar is brought to you by Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM, your source for campus news and information. We'll be right back after these messages. WGLS-FM programming is made possible in part by Italian Affair Restaurant and Wine Bar. Located at 900 Delcy Drive in Glassboro, Italian Affair offers traditional Italian cuisine in multiple dining areas, including an outdoor patio. Established in 1988, Italian Affair also provides catering and private party options. For more information, the phone number is 856-881-2121 and the website is italianaffairglassboro.com. Italian Affair Restaurant and Wine Bar is proud to support the programming on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. You're tuned in to another Monday edition of Offsides here on Rowan Radio Channel 2. I'm Larry Dealman, your Monday host for this semester, and alongside me here in the WGLS studios, I have Ali Pontano. All right, so we just went through our week three reactions uh, for a good chunk of the games from yesterday. Obviously, we can't go too deep into all of them because then we'd be here all day. So let's see, let's see, let's see. So the NFL decided to get rid of the Pro Bowl once and for all, obviously a long-standing tradition. Uh, so the Pro Bowl is gone, and now they are in favor of a skills competition and flag football. So this new event is now called the Pro Bowl Games, will take place in February in Las Vegas. The flag football game will be on February 5th at Allegiant Stadium, which is where the Raiders play right now. And here's a quote I found. The Pro Bowl is something that we've been looking at for a while, really continuing to evolve, NFL executive Peter O'Reilly told the AP on Monday. Coming out of last year's game, we really made the decision based on a lot of internal conversations, getting feedback from GMs and coaches, getting a lot of feedback from players. We think there's a real opportunity to do something wholly different here and move away from the traditional tackle football game. We decided the goal is to celebrate 88 of the biggest stars in the NFL in a really positive, fun, yet competitive way. 
The feedback varied directly from guys who had been in the Pro Bowl recently was to keep the the construct of the week, make sure you're having that multi-day element. It was overwhelmingly positive, both from players as well as from clubs, end quote. Allie, your thoughts on the Pro Bowl going by the wayside? I mean, I kind of think this should have happened years ago. Thinking back... Remember Kobe's death was the same day as the Pro Bowl. Oh, yeah. So I think that had to do a lot with the views all of a sudden, like, tanking. Even though the views for the Pro Bowl has been going down for multiple years. But, like, that one in particular, nobody was watching it. Not even the players. They weren't even involved with the game. Yeah. Because it was just a horrible day. But... This, I actually really like. I was watching NFL months ago, and they were playing old Pro Bowl footage. And it was Vinny Testaverde, Brett Favre, Joe Montana, laughing, having fun, being with their families. And it wasn't like a hardcore football game. It was Uh them just having a great time, admiring the fact that they made it. So I actually really like this concept, even though the Pro Bowl... I believe it came around in 50s, maybe 60s, give or take. Yeah, no, that sounds about right. I'm actually, let's see here. And the thing is with the Pro Bowl, it's been, um, it's been all over the place too. You've right. had, you've had, I don't know like the exact like where it's been uh, this year or that year, but they've they've had it all over the place. You had Honolulu, Hawaii, Orlando, Florida was another big one. And in, even in like recent years, it's a lot of people have been complaining that there's no, um, it's it's just not anything to look at, and to think about it too. I mean, when is the Pro Bowl usually held? The week before the Super Bowl, right? So, basically, if you play in the Pro Bowl, you're thinking to yourself, "Wow, I'm not in the Super Bowl this year," because even if you're selected to the Pro Bowl. You don't play in the Pro Bowl if you make the Super Bowl because why would you risk that injury for a game that doesn't mean anything? Right, and speaking of, like, injuries, like, even the big-time players that get selected to Pro Bowl, like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, you rarely see them play because they don't want to risk injury. And most of the time, the players in the Pro Bowl, you don't see them fully hitting each other. It's like two-touch football. Yeah. It's it's two touch football. They really don't try. Um, even like uh, like the linemen, I guess, kind of go. They they kind of do it like half. Like mm-hmm. I I don't want to say it, but like they they don't really they give half the effort. There as the as the word I was looking for. Um, I knew where you were going with that. Yeah, but they give like half effort because you don't want to risk injury. Um, and there's really nothing to play for. So a skills competition we've seen in the NBA now where they have not only the dunk contest, the three-point contest and all that, but you know you have like the, you know, rookie challenges, the skills competition. You have all these things and that's why oh, and they had the the NBA I think this past year they had like this thing about uh, HBCU. I think it was a game, or they, I forget what it was exactly, but they highlighted, uh, if you don't know what that stands for, historically black uh, colleges and universities. So obviously, the NBA has the right idea. The NFL has been like, <laughs> no, we're not going to get rid of the Pro Bowl. And I guess they finally said, you know, oh, to, you know, to heck with it. So 
Well, it's also like the SEALs competition. I feel like it's going to be the new normal. You see NBA, NHL has it, MLB, home run derby, all that stuff. So why not the NFL? Yeah, so the Pro Bowl is gone, and now we have skill competitions and uh, flag football. So maybe this will be the next greatest idea by the NFL Roger Goodell and his brain trust. <laughs> All right, to wrap up our NFL segment for today, uh, as we've done the past few weeks, we will conclude with our Monday night football preview, Cowboys at Giants. Oh, goody. That sounds great. Um, as a fan of the Eagles in the NFC East, I know we've been called the NFC least for a long time now. Um, tank bowl and whatever you want to call it. So Cowboys at Giants. So the Giants, as I said earlier, are one of the three remaining teams that are undefeated, obviously, to be determined with tonight. But the Eagles and the Dolphins will be undefeated at least until next week. So the Giants are 2-0. and The Cowboys are 1-1. and Yes, they are. The Cowboys are 1-1. and So right now, the Eagles, uh, in the NFC East, it goes Eagles, Giants, Cowboys, Commanders. That's the order of the teams based on record right now. So if the Giants win, they tie the Eagles for the division lead. Cowboys would drop to one and two with the Commanders, who are also one and two. If the Cowboys win, they would uh, jump up to second place because obviously tiebreaker, the Giants, you know, all that good stuff. So they would be in second place at two and one, and the Giants would drop to third based on that tiebreaker at two and one. Uh, let's see what I have here. So the Giants defeated the Titans and the Panthers. Dallas has lost to Tampa Bay, and they beat Cincinnati last week. Cooper Rush, you know, serviceable. Nothing to write home about, but he's all right. And the Cowboys swept swept the Giants last year. Allie, predictions. Is it at Dallas? It's in the Meadowlands. Okay, this is going to be very interesting because the Giants haven't truly played Super Bowl contenders, per se. They barely beat the Titans and Baker Mayfield, LOL. Exactly. So, Dallas has a real chance at a revenge game, even though they... How badly did they lose to Tampa Bay again? Uh, I, think, I think I know the score. Let me just check, though. I think it was 19 to 3. Oh, my bad. I but thought... they only had three points when Dak went out. So, yeah. True. I was thinking, like, it was a tight game, but never mind off of that theory. Nah, it, was, but, it was pretty bad. Yeah. And, and they went against the Cincinnati Bengals, who aren't good at all right now. But they're, in, they're in a Super Bowl hangover. Exactly. So they went to the Super Bowl last year. I I think Dallas might actually pull something, to be completely honest, because the Giants just need to get off of cloud nine. And yeah. Because, like I said, it's Baker Mayfield and the Panthers and barely being Tennessee. Yeah. What's that proven? Do you think this is going to be, like, within how many, like, no matter your prediction, do you think this will be like the final score relatively within like three points, seven points, ten points? Complete utter destruction, like three points. I okay. think it's gonna be close and last second field goal. Okay. Yeah, the Cowboys won on a last second field goal uh, against the Bengals last week. So just looking ahead, uh, Dallas 
obviously, in the, the Meadowlands tonight against the Giants. Then the Cowboys host the Commanders at the Rams and then at the Eagles. That October 16th is circled on my calendar because um, Dallas week. Oh, no. But, <laughs> no, I mean, Eagles-Dallas is always fun. Right. Even though the Eagles have gotten beat by Dallas the last few years. Uh, let's see. And then for the Giants, let's see. Regardless of the results tonight, then they host the Bears next week. Then they're at Green Bay and then versus the Ravens. Yikes. Uh, so, put asterisk at the Green Bay game because it's a London game. Oh, it's 930. It's London. It doesn't matter, though. The Packers are still better than the, exactly. the Giants. Then again, the jet lag going over to uh, the United Kingdom, that's got to play a part in it. I know, like, the Buccan the Buccaneers and the Seahawks are going, like, to Germany this year. Yeah, they're Which going... is, like, hilarious, but still right. the jet lag, any, anything can happen. But I got a theory about the London game. Yeah. For some reason, really bad teams perform very well overseas. Jaguars. Exactly. Thank you. Jaguars, it's, it's tradition to send. It's like the Cowboys and the Lions always play on Thanksgiving. It's an analogy. It's like. Dallas and Detroit is to Thanksgiving as the Jaguars are to London. Exactly. It, it's like you can't have an NFL season without Dallas and Detroit on Thanksgiving and the Jaguars going to London. It's just like if you go against that, it's just wrong. So, you know why yeah. Dallas and Detroit are always on Thanksgiving? Because back in like the 20s and the 30s, like the yeah. owners slapped them on TV and now we have to suffer watching the Lions every single year. And they made a deal with TV networks. So, yeah. 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 Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks <laughs> a lot. I don't want to watch the Cowgirls and Lions. I want something else. Yeah. But then again, a lot of people want to eat with their families. So we'll see what happens. We will see. Cowboys at Giants tonight. Uh, that is 8-15. And obviously with the shakeups, with the announcers now we have Joe Buck and Troy Aikman on the call. Oh, yeah, it's okay. On, yeah, they're on ESPN now. I miss them being on like Fox, but Same. yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. All right, so we'll segue into our NBA segment as we hit minute thirty-four. You see, the NFL takes a lot of time <laughs> now. It takes a lot of time uh, every week now. So we'll get into the NBA. As I said at the beginning of the show, not a ridiculous amount to talk about. I know the Sixers just had their media day today, so the players were getting interviewed and all that, you know, all that stuff. Uh, but obviously no games yet. Training camp's going to start soon. And I know, like, the Sixers home opener. Home opener, what am I talking about? Um, I think the Sixers actually opened the season at Boston. They're, like, the first game of the season for, e for everybody. October 18th, which I believe is a Tuesday. Give me a second. Yeah, Tuesday, October 18th, I believe, is the first day of the NBA season. C.J. McCollum got a two-year, $64 million extension with the Pelicans the other day. Um, he just turned 31 last Monday. Averaged about 24 points, four rebounds, six assists, and a steal per game in 26 games for the Big Easy last year. And... Uh, NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski says this ties C.J. McCollum to the Pelicans for about four more years, give or take. I think the Pelicans can make some noise this season. You're getting McCollum. You have Zion, who looks very thin. You know, obviously all the jokes about his weight 
and you know always having too much gumbo and um but Zion is such a big player. He is. He shouldn't be that heavy no. for si- somebody who's six six. But he's also like he can hustle down the court. He can. He makes highlights. Um, I think. I think Zion obviously is their key factor. You have Ingram. You have McCollum. Uh, Willie Green as their head coach. I think they can make noise. They they took Phoenix, I believe, to six games last year in the playoffs, and well. Phoenix got absolutely owned by Luka Doncic in the playoffs in the second round, but that's another story. You know, the Suns were coming off a finals appearance. They were two games away from beating the Bucks for the title, and the Pelicans, of all people, took them to six games, which was pretty impressive, which is pretty impressive indeed. Do you, do you think Zion, like, will come back and absolutely obliterate, you know, other teams now? I mean... I, I think he, he will. I don't know if they're going to be like a top five seed or anything, but right. I mean, six to eight are a play and not too far off. No, like I think they have a good chance. And if Zion keeps on playing the way he does, like he's the it factor for them. Um, Even in Duke, he was yeah. such a great player. But like – the recent pictures of him coming out like really thin, that's a little concerning to me. He's a big dude that can make big plays. He shouldn't be that thin. Yeah, I mean, there's there's probably somebody that's always going to say something about him, but uh, he definitely looks a lot better than he was. You know, there was like, oh, he's out of shape and, you know, he needs to, you know, the coaches were getting on his back about it or something. So uh, we'll see. But the Pelicans... Definitely should make some noise um, this season. I want to look at the standings real quick, just to make sure my yeah, I'll just see to why just to not. make sure just to make sure I'm correct. Right. The Pelicans were the eighth seed last year. They, I remember they, um, I think they beat the Clippers to get that eighth seed. That was mm-hmm. that was hilarious. Um, so the Clippers, the Clippers, the Pelicans were the eighth seed. They got bounced in the first round by the Suns because obviously. There's only been like four or five times in NBA history where the eighth seed has upset the first seed. Uh, I know the Sixers did that a few like a while back, mm-hmm. um, but I think they have a chance. You know, the Jazz are going to tank, obviously, getting rid of Gobert and Mitchell. The Mavericks, eh, maybe. Uh, the Suns, we'll see if Chris Paul starts to show his age. Maybe get ahead of the Timberwolves. So they have a chance. I think the Pelicans have a chance. Uh, we'll see how that McCollum, Williamson, or Zion, I guess you should say, and then Ingram, that trio, how they will perform. Yeah, I, I think they should be like a good seven or eight, maybe even a six seed. If they were in the East, they'd be like a top four seed. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're not. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, in the West, it's a little more difficult. Yeah. All right, so another story that I found I'm not even sure if anybody's confirmed this, but I did see this on another website. I just wanted to get reactions here. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver, obviously he's been dealing with the the Robert Sarver, um, you know, that whole controversy and uh, Sarver selling the team and whatnot. So he's been busy dealing with that. But Adam Silver has drawn interest from tech companies looking to pull him away from the NBA. 
And here's a quote I found from Sportico. It's a website that I found. It's I think it's a pretty reliable source. So here's what I found. Quote, league offices are a desirable place to work. The five major U.S. leagues are all high-profile, multi-billion dollar enterprises that touch live events, ticketing, old media, new media, technology, marketing, lobbying, and legal. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell makes more than $60 million a year, but outside of the top job, league compensation typically trails the offerings from private companies, which are increasingly competing with them for talent, according to people who work in executive placement across sports, media, and tech. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver has drawn interest in recent years from technology companies looking to pull him away from the league. End quote. So, I don't know. Do you think that the NBA would be a lot different if Silver just decided to pack his bags and say, all right, guys, I'm out. Yeah. I mean, he's made a big impact. Right. He basically kicked Donald Sterling out of the league. For those of you who don't know, Donald Sterling was the owner of the Los Angeles Clippers before he was basically ousted um, by the executives for um, a lot of racial uh, being insensitive, um, some racist comments and all that. He was forced to sell the team, and now Steve Ballmer, who I believe works for Microsoft, or he's the CEO, he now runs the Clippers. So Donald Sterling getting bounced, uh, that is that was Adam Silver, and I think toward the end of the David Stern era, uh, and now the Robert Sarver thing, Silver obviously is still there. Do you think? And and the thing about it too, the NBA very progressive, you know, focusing on HBCU, which we talked about a little earlier, very briefly. Um, really focusing on the players. Do you think that the league would drastically change if Silver just packs up and says, bye? I feel like there's definitely going to be a change, like, within any sport, when you change commissioners. Yeah. Policies and rules are going to be changed. Yeah. I wouldn't really say drastically, but there's definitely going to be minor changes that can snowball. Like, so the NBA is player first. Yeah. So, hypothetically, say Silver leaves, a new commissioner comes in, and he'll be like, all right, we're going to be players first, but also business first. Uh So, I feel like there's just going to be situations like that where the Players Association won't be as effective and they won't get as hands-on with the players as they can and you just see more and more ads i don't know yeah yeah some good points there um i know that the nba very player oriented a lot of top heavy you know we see the big markets get their share and then the little markets uh who cares you know obviously um you know, the big guys getting all the spotlight and hogging the attention. Uh, but I think that's what makes the M- the NBA very profitable. It makes you, you know, ratings go up and all that. Yeah, Adam Silver has done a great job during his tenure. Oh, and another thing. I just, I just thought about this. He obviously has been in charge when the NBA went into the Orlando bubble when COVID started. Um, when they went to Orlando and finished the NBA season and the Lakers won the bubble ring, as everybody likes to call it. And I don't think not one person got COVID in the bubble, which was very impressive. No, there were, like, colds, but nobody got COVID. Nobody got COVID when there were no vaccines. And if you even slightly 
disobeyed the rules, you would get kicked out. Oh, yeah. You'd have to stay in your room for like 10 days, which was like probably torture. I had COVID uh, last month, and staying in my room for five days was not fun, let alone uh, 10 for these players um, in the Orlando bubble. So Adam Silver, if he were to leave, I think that would uh, be a major loss for the NBA. But again, this is just a story that I found. I don't know if it's um, verified by anybody, but just wanted to see how everybody would react to that. All right, and then to wrap up our NBA segment before we go to break, and we might be able to fit in our MLB segment. So ESPN released a top 100 players poll or a list i guess you want to say i guess for the upcoming season the top five are in order Giannis Antetokounmpo of the milwaukee bucks nikola Jokic of the denver nuggets luka Doncic of the dallas mavericks joel Embiid of the philadelphia 76ers and steph curry of the golden state warriors and notice too i i forget who tweeted this but i did see somebody say Steph Curry is the only American on that list. So the amount of European uh, prospects on this list is, I think, very good for the league. The San Antonio Spurs had a lot of success with you know the likes of Tony Parker and Monty Ginobili and all that. Uh, but seeing these European players on the list, uh, very, um, very promising for the NBA. Uh, but Giannis said that Steph Curry was actually the best player in the world, which Steph kind of said, all right, pump the brakes a little bit. I think Embiid could probably go ahead of Luka Doncic as much as I want to put him ahead of Jokic. Jokic has back-to-back MVPs. I think Embiid should have won at least one of them. He led the league in scoring this year. But who am I to say? So do you think Embiid is correct at number four? Do you think he should be higher, lower? Notice no LeBron or KD on the list? I'm kind of... I actually like this list, honestly. I like how everyone's ranked. Um, I like where Embiid is because that top three, like, those are the guys right now. Like, Embiid is there too, but I felt like it came down to a matter of MVPs and just number-wise. I I don't think it was anything personal against Embiid, but I really like where he's ranked. Um... Giannis being number one, like, I'm not going to lie. I, I'm i actually kind of shocked about that. I was for sure thinking LeBron because the NBA loves LeBron. Yeah. But LeBron, the last couple of seasons, he's not really LeBron. He will be, I believe, let me just check before I get this wrong. So LeBron will be 38 in December um, and actually he is not too far off it, it's pretty well known at this point either this season or very very early next season depending on if he, if, if uh, father time starts to catch up to him LeBron will pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in scoring barring some god forbid an injury or something but he should be passing uh, Kareem as Ali was pointing to and Kevin Durant not being in the top five is kind of eyebrow raising but uh, the Nets let's be honest last year were a clown show with the Kyrie Irving KD and Ben Simmons drama so we'll we'll see how that works out uh, I think uh, like Ali said pretty 
decent list. Obviously, Giannis, number one. Jokic, Embiid, you got them in there. Uh, Steph Curry just won his fourth ring and first finals MVP. Luka, I mean, come on, Luka Doncic. You just, he just has to look at you, and you know it's over. Oh, yeah. He took care of the Suns by himself in Game 7 in Phoenix. It was it was over in the first, like, three minutes of the game. I watched that game. I was laughing because it was, it was so funny to watch. Yeah, uh, he's such a dominant player. Any Suns fans out there, I apologize, but <laughs> it was pretty funny. So, pretty good list. Uh, I know a lot of people were getting um, ticked off about it, but, you know, Another season for everybody to prove the haters wrong. So uh, we'll see what happens as the NBA starts to get underway in the coming weeks. All right, so we're going to go to break, and then we will talk about the Phillies for a few minutes, and then we'll get to our top five. But first, nay, nay, but first, let's check the WGLS community calendar. Are you in need of a furry friend? Want to give an animal a nice home? Then look no further than the Gloucester County Animal Shelter. Located at 1200 North Delcy Drive in Clayton, they're just the place whether you want to donate or want to adopt. For more information, their phone number is 856-881-2828. This community calendar is brought to you by Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM, your source for community news and information. We'll be right back after these messages. WGLS-FM programming is made possible in part by Italian Affair Restaurant and Wine Bar. Located at 900 Delcy Drive in Glassboro, Italian Affair offers traditional Italian cuisine in multiple dining areas, including an outdoor patio. Established in 1988, Italian Affair also provides catering and private party options. For more information, the phone number is 856-881-2121 and the website is italianaffairglassboro.com. Italian Affair Restaurant and Wine Bar is proud to support the programming on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. You're tuned in to another Monday edition of Offsides here on Rowan Radio Channel 2. I'm Larry Dealman, and joined with me at the WGLS studios, I have Ali Pontano. Okay, so if you're just joining us, uh, we just got done our NFL segment, and then we just concluded our NBA segment as well. So briefly, we'll go into the MLB as uh, the hunt for October is um, starting to really get underway. And we'll talk about our hometown Phillies. The Phillies right now are clinging on to the final wildcard spot in the National League. Um, they have a one-and-a-half game lead over the Milwaukee Brewers. And the Phillies, I don't know who made the schedule this year, but the schedule makers must hate Philadelphia because their final nine games are are on the road. Yikes. Uh, Phillies up next. Their next series, they're at the Chicago Cubs, at the Washington Nationals, and at the Houston Astros. So the Washington Nationals are at the absolute, um, they're in the uh, basement dwellings of the MLB. The Astros, 
uh, you know, they're they're pretty good. Obviously, you know, what's not to? They're oh, they they have 101 wins right now. That's that's nice. They have the second best record in the league. That that's that should be great. And then the Chicago Cubs, they're pretty much out. So the Chicago Cubs right now are 19 games under 500. Yeah, it looks about right. Uh, so ups and downs. Allie, why why does everybody hate Philadelphia? Do you think they have a chance? Uh, with nine road games left to hold off the Brewers, maybe maybe jump ahead of the Padres. The Padres are a game and a half ahead of the, I was going to say the Eagles, the Phillies. They're not catching the Braves at this point. Um, so do you think the Phillies have enough to hold on? I mean, it honestly depends on this team. Like, I've seen great Philly moments, and I've seen bad Philly moments, especially yep. when it comes to crunch time. But, again, they're playing the Chicago Cubs, and no offense to any of my Chicago listeners over here, but come on, it's Chicago. <laughs> like, you guys got to do something. At least do it before you go to Houston. Because, say the Phillies get this playoff spot, then go to the Astros, and you know you're going to get swamped by the Astros, you're not going to have anything to lose, per se. You're already in the playoffs. Yeah, some good points there. I mean, what what Chicago does have, I know Allie's a big uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin fan and all that. Um, Chicago's a big media market. They're the third biggest media market. Yeah. That's, a, that's about it, though. <laughs> I mean, you had the 85 Bears, too. Yeah. But, uh, and the 2016 Cubs, but let's see. I'm looking at the most recent uh, playoff picture right now for the MLB. This was posted yesterday on MLB.com. Right now, the Phillies would be at St. Louis, I believe. Let me check that. Uh, yeah, right now the Phillies would be at St. Louis for the first round. Um, the Dodgers and the Mets are the one and two seed. Oh my gosh, the Mets! Wow. The New- Whenever a New York team is above a Philadelphia team, just just run. Uh, <laughs> the Yankees are the second seed in the AL, and the Astros are the number one seed in uh, the AL. Um, so I think the Phillies have a chance right now. Those nine games on the road, it's not something that anybody wants per se. I actually was at the Phillies game on Friday against the Braves and it was a beat down I think it was like nine to one or eight to one it was so bad the Braves put in one of their infielders like one of their backups or whatever as a pitcher and he was just like lobbing 45 50 mile per hour uh pitches it was it was funny to watch they, they just gave up um their center fielder made a few mistakes so I think the Phillies have a chance like I said the, the Nationals are kind of garbage and uh the Cubs look like they're pretty much out as well and the Astros maybe they'll rest some starters I don't know maybe maybe not depending on um well I'm actually looking at the standings on MLB.com if it would tell me what the letter okay they clinched the Astros clinched their division they have not clinched the best record in the league yet that's the Dodgers yeah I, I see all these X, Y, and Z, and I'm scrolling to the bottom. I'm like, okay, which one, which is which? And I'm like, okay, okay. Uh, in the wild card, Atlanta has clinched 
the Padres and the Phillies and the Brewers, it's still way too close to call. So a lot going on with the Phillies right now, but we'll see what happens as uh, October is upon us in a few days. October 1st is on Saturday. I thought it was uh, a Friday. No, it's Saturday. Cause actually, let me check. Just make sure. Just make sure. No, it's it's Saturday. Is it Saturday? September only goes thirty days. So, True. so uh, we'll see. Hopefully, the Phillies can finally uh, break that playoff streak. All right, so let's go to our top five. But before we do that, dive deep into the world of news, entertainment, and pop culture with Studio eighty nine point seven on the second Saturday of every month at nine a.m. Join Philadelphia radio veteran Paul Perello as he sits down with major newsmakers, authors, and celebrities to discuss a variety of topical issues. You'll experience something new, exciting, and different with Paul Perello on Studio 89.7, the second Saturday of each month at 9 a.m., only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM, also online at rowanradio.com. You know, Allie told me uh, before we came on the air that she absolutely loves listening to Paul Perello every second Saturday of the month. Next one is on October 8th. That is the second Saturday of October. So don't um, don't be shy and tune in to Paul Perello. Okay, so we've reached our top five. I've kept you all in suspense for long enough. So let's get underway. Name five NFL teams you think this season name five NFL teams you think are frauds and what I mean by that teams that were hyped up in the preseason or whatever maybe they made a big move or the media just attached itself to it and the team is just underwhelming so Allie I will go to you first give me your five teams you think are frauds five to one one to five no order if you have an honorable mention go so no particular order okay. to be completely honest. So the Cincinnati Bengals, the Raiders, okay, um, Indianapolis Colts, yep, Tennessee. Really, like, come on now, and hmm, Broncos got. Gosh, okay. oh my gosh, the Broncos, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, the Broncos have had a uh, interesting little start to the season. They're like one of the best defenses, but they've scored the least amount of points. And you have Russell Wilson for crying out loud. Then again, you have Nathaniel Hackett. Let's be honest, folks. Nathaniel Hackett, the only reason that he is Denver's head coach was because they were trying to uh, lure Aaron Rodgers away from the Packers. Aaron Rodgers said, nah, I'm good, and... They, they, they panicked and said, okay, who's our plan B? Oh, Russell Wilson. That's nice. Okay, so I will wrap up with my top five. Honorable mention, this might um, this might make some New York fans mad. I'm going with the Giants as my honorable mention Makes sense. as frauds because, yes, they're 2-0, and and I know people are going to say, well, the Eagles haven't beat anybody good. Then again, the Vikings were getting hyped up so much. And we beat the Vikings, so guess what? Oh, wow, I didn't even add them to my list. Never mind. <laughs> but I'm still going with the Giants. Um, they should come down to earth eventually. Daniel Jones is Daniel Jones. Let's be honest with ourselves. Number five, I'll go in order. Number five, the Las Vegas Raiders. I do have a bunch that Allie said. Uh, I'll go with the Raiders. They are the only 0-3 team in the NFL, even though they have the best wide receiver in the league and an offensive-minded guru who was with Brady for multiple Super Bowls. 
So I will go with the Raiders. Number four, I will go with the Cincinnati Bengals. They are clearly in a Super Bowl hangover right now, even though they upgraded their O-line. And I think it was Lyle Collins. He said, like, to Joe Burrow, oh, nobody's touching you because I'm here now. Right. And he's just getting absolutely destroyed. Um, not the darling story that we saw last year right now. But no, maybe but like, things will improve. But, like, seriously, you have a quote-unquote upgrade in the line. But yet, Joe Burrow is run for his life every week. I think the jury's still out on Zach Taylor, a head coach. He is, I believe he is a Sean McVay disciple from the Rams, as is Kevin O'Connell with the Vikings now. So that's what everybody's trying to, everybody's trying to be a copycat, get a young, sometimes unproven coordinator. Um, young guy, obviously, McVay is like 30-something. So Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur is another one. Um, he was, well, the, was he the offensive coordinator for Tennessee? I think he was defensive. I think oh, no offensive. Yes. I was going to, yeah, I was going to say he was part of the 2017 Falcons that completely uh, blew everyone out of the water. LaFleur, really? Yeah. I know Shanahan. Oh wait. They yeah, were on no, the Shan- same coaching staff. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, all right. So the Bengals at number four, uh, number three, I'll go with the Tennessee Titans. I don't know what to say about them anymore. You lost to the Giants week one. Um, They just do not look like themselves right now, so we'll see how that works out. Number two, I will go with the Denver Broncos. Broncos country, let's ride. How about no? (laughs) They look atrocious. Um, They they, they got a win yesterday against the 49ers, which... By one point? Like, come on, guys. How do you do Sunday night football 11 to 10? The... Everyone was making memes like it was a snooze fest. Thank God I didn't watch it. I was Same. doing some. I was doing some homework, but I I don't know the Broncos. Nathaniel Hackett does not look ready. Maybe it's you know for the best. Maybe it's a one done. I know the Cardinals had a one and done coach a few years ago. Yes. Uh, Urban Meyer didn't even finish a season last year because no. he was so terrible. Uh, so maybe Hackett's a one and done. But Russell Wilson did not go there just to be a bottom feeder. Uh, bottom feeding team number one i was gonna put the broncos ready for this one who is it san francisco 49ers i was thinking about that okay i'm putting the 49ers at number one jimmy g uh stepped out of the back of the end zone yesterday for (laughs) safety uh he pulled a dan orlovsky in case you don't know the play look up dan orlovsky while he was on the lions uh, for a safety, just search it on YouTube, and it'll be at the top of the page. Yeah. Uh, and he was excited because now he is not the meme anymore. Jimmy G is now the current meme for that. Uh, Trey Lance is out for the season at quarterback. Jimmy G is back. It's just he just makes some plays. Um, and but like he he just makes some big mistakes, like in the most inopportune times. So San Fran's good, but. Meh. And Allie, did you have a something you show? Uh, breaking news from ESPN: uh, Brown star Miles Garrett got into a car accident today, oh. and it was non-life-threatening injuries. Thank goodness, but Whoa. still. And this is at the end of the show. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Wow! 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 Uh, well, we hope Miles Garrett is okay. Um, that is something that was not expected obviously but we hope he is okay um 
I really don't know what else to say about that. But right. you know, just we just all it's, of a sudden, like yeah. Thank goodness it's not uh, life threatening, and hopefully we'll see him back on the gridiron sooner rather than later. Yep. All right, so that is going to do it for Offsides here today. I'd like to thank Ali Pontano for being with me today. Uh, We should be getting some more people back next week. And remember, uh, you have me on Monday afternoons, Aaron Hook on Wednesdays, and Danny Ryan on Fridays. So if you want your most up-to-date sports news, you better tune in to Offsides. So for everybody here at Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM, I'm Larry Dealman. Have a great night. You've been listening to Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. Tune in next Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. for another edition of Offsides, only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM.